preach from a text found in 1 Samuel, the 16th chapter, beginning with the 7th verse. That's 1 Samuel 16, beginning with the 7th verse. Once you found it, if you please stand. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Then Jesse called Abinadab, and he had him pass front of Samuel, but Samuel said, the Lord has not chosen this one either. Jesse then had Shammah pass by Samuel, nor has the Lord uh, chosen this one. Jesse had seven of his sons pass before Samuel, but Samuel said to him, the Lord has not chosen these. So he asked Jesse, are these all the sons you have? There is still the youngest, Jesse answered. He is tending the sheep. Samuel said, send for him. We will not sit down until he, he arrives. So he sent for him and had him brought in. He was glowing with health and had a fine appearance and handsome features. Then the Lord said, rise and anoint him. This is the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. Samuel then went to Ramah. May the Lord add a blessing to the reader. Here's of this written word. Amen. Allow me to put a tag on this, and that's simply there is more to the story. There is more to the story. There is more to the story. Sometimes I, most of us, not just me, but hate seeing a movie where they've set everything up for a sequel. The movie has ended, but you know the whole thing has not ended in a real sense. More and more today, everybody's movies, TV shows, there's always a show, one of your favorite shows that you love to watch, TV shows, that comes to a season end, but it really hasn't ended. Um, you know it's not over, and you anticipate the next season when the show resumes. It has come, in a real sense, to a pause, but it's not really an end. We're always anticipating its continuation, but we don't like the pauses. Can't remember what it was just recently. My wife was watching and she became upset because there's a, a, a split in between this season and it starts back up in January. Who was that? Power? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it, she doesn't like that. She wanted it to continue because she wants to know what the end <coughs> will be. <coughs> but oftentimes, we realize that 
Hollywood entertainment, they tend to build us up in order to kind of lead us on, to string us along. So there are pauses sometimes. What seems sometimes can appear to be an end uh, really is a pause because there's really more to the story. God has placed, allow me to simply submit to you, that God has placed some pauses in your life. I wish I could get somebody to shout about it. Uh, and it's, we must be careful to not interpret an, a pause as an end. Watch this, because there's more to your story. <laughs> And I believe if we're not careful, we began to assess and come to raw conclusions about those pauses. And oftentimes, if we're not careful, we'll make permanent decisions out of temporary circumstances. I just stopped by this morning to share with somebody that right now, maybe your life is in a pause, but it's not the end of your story there because there's more to your story. <laughs> I know it appears and it looks like nothing else is going to happen. I know it looks like an end, but allow me to simply submit to you that God has not ended just because you've drawn the conclusion that things have come to an end. It's just a pause. <laughs> truly and truly, he is Alpha and Omega. In other words, he's the beginning and the end of everything, the beginning and end of your existence, the beginning and end of your story. And so, I just want somebody in this church to understand that just because it looks bad doesn't mean that it's going to finish bad. Oh God, I wish I had somebody in here because there's more to your story. Look at somebody in this church and say there's more to your story. <laughs> I don't know what the narrative has been as you walked in here, but there's still more to your story. I don't know, maybe you've gotten into a chapter in your life right now that doesn't seem to make any sense, but I stopped by to say that there's more to your story. God has not finished the narrative of your life. Don't you conclude the narrative when God is still writing. God, I wish I had somebody in here because there's more to your story. More to your story. Uh, and in a real sense, this is what God was doing in this text. As a matter of fact, it reminds me of my Thanksgiving holiday and something I wrote in conclusion of my Thanksgiving holiday. I, uh, most of you know, I did ancestry, found out that my dad, who I thought was my dad, was not my dad, but uh, that's not a big issue, but you know that I spent uh, my Christmas season, my Thanksgiving season holiday with my new family. And it was a powerful experience on that Friday. They all gathered around me and presented and dedicated this album with all of the family portraits and history. And, uh, it was an unbelievable, affirming uh, experience. All this room of people just gathered around us and dedicating and making this dedication. And in response to that, uh, they were posting, my niece posted uh, the video on Facebook and uh, and everybody was just posting about how great of a Thanksgiving it was. And so 
following that, I finally decided to post something, and I said, uh, and I won't re try to uh, tell you all of it, but I simply said and concluded that at 53, God had done something powerful in my life. At 53, uh, at five and three, five and three equals eight, and so eight is uh, the number for new beginnings, and so at eight, God was doing something new. A new chapter was being written. My narrative was being changed because I had a narrative of the fact that when I was born into this world by my mom at, at 19, that I, I was and, and conceived at 18, that I wasn't necessarily received into an affirming world. <laughs> And so, and I got that and I understood that because here was my mama now with two, two uh, children outside of wedlock and being born into the, I was the second one. And so I could only imagine that my family was like, what are you doing now? Why haven't you got pregnant again? And you know, they loved me and I understood that, but I'm talking about the, the affirming aspects of being born under that context. And so at 53, here I'm meeting this new family, my real dad's family, and at 53, they make this dedication and it's such an affirming experience. It's at 53, that five, that corner of five and three at eight, meaning new beginnings. And so at 53, God births, rebirths me into an affirmation, a powerful affirmation of an experience that I didn't get when I was, what, born into the world. And so God begins to, what, rewrite the narrative that I'd written in my head. And so now the narrative changes because my story changes. And so at 53, at 8, there's a new chapter. There's a new story being told. Uh, there's a, another chapter. It, the book is reading different now for me at 53, at the corner, the intersection of 5 and 3. And so when I thought about that, I thought about David and his brothers and his experience. And so David is coming out. Uh, all his brothers have come out to be potential king and anointed as king. But God is saying none of them. And so finally, it's the eighth brother, the eighth son, which is David. Eight mean what? The beginning, <laughs> the new beginning, the new chapter. It's David who is the eighth son that God chooses <laughs> as his king. And so it begins to what be a new chapter, a new beginning for what God is getting ready to do. But allow me to simply say that David is anointed king at this particular moment, but does not become king until 15 years later. And as a matter of fact, even as he combines the two kingdoms, we know it's even seven years after the 15 years. So it's 20 something years later before his full kingship. And so, but David is anointed as the eighth son that begins a new chapter in his life. He's been a shepherd boy, but now he's been anointed what king. He has been despised in some sense, 
by his brothers. <laughs> they didn't like David. Matter of fact, he's overlooked by his own daddy. I wish I had a witness in here. And so that's what's in the story. And so yet, at the same time, he's anointed king, but then has to turn around and go back to the sheep that he shepherded. Once again, it's 15 years later before he it comes to fruition that he becomes king. 20 years later before he reconciles the entire kingdom. And so David has to go back to the same situation, the same thing that he had been doing, even though uh, he had been anointed king. And so in a real sense, there becomes, watch this, a pause in the story. <laughs> um, and so there's a pause right there. He knows he's been anointed king, but he still has to go back to his sheep, tending his sheep. There's a pause in his story, but I stopped by this morning to share with you that there's more to the story. Even though we know he goes back to the sheep at this moment, there's still more to the story. David, in a real sense, is pregnant. He has been impregnated by God, and it's just a matter of time. Sometimes God will impregnate you with a blessing that it might take 27 years. You might be pregnant 20 years before you see it come to fruition. But understand, there's still more to the story. Understand that whatever God impregnates you with, it will come to pass. It will, you will deliver the blessing that God has over your life. It just may take a little while, but once again, I'm trying to tell somebody in this church this morning, don't you interpret a pause as an end. Don't you decide that simply because you've been pregnant all that time that that's the end. No, you will deliver what God has promised in your life. God has to prepare us for fulfilling his prophecy. God has to prepare us for certain things. Sometimes we're just not ready to handle what God is getting ready to bless us with. And if we're honest, if we're honest, uh, you could mess up some things that God has for you. Uh, if you're honest, as a matter of fact, if we're honest, some of us have already messed up some blessings before in our past. Amen. David had to be equipped to be king. David wasn't ready to be king. He was anointed, but he was still in process. God had to shape David in being king. So David had to go back to being a shepherd, even when he knew he had been anointed king. A king functioning as a shepherd. <laughs> David's reign was, once again, David's reign was going to happen. It was going to come, but in the meantime, he had to return to the same place, doing the same thing. There are times when what God is doing in your life, once again, will take 
We don't like to wait. We don't like to wait. We love to quote scripture. Wait on the Lord. We love to tell everybody else, wait, be patient. Baby, just, just, it'll happen, it'll happen. We love to say that to other folk, but we don't like when we're experiencing it ourselves. We want what we want when we want. We want to rush God. And I, I don't know about you, but I, I, I have yet I have yet to figure out how to rush God. I, you, 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 you've tried everything. You pray. You know the prayers. But you go back and pray. God, I need. I, I really need you. I, I, I need you by this time, Lord. I, I need you today. I know I'm not the only one in here that prayed those prayers. <laughs> but it never seems to work. God just comes when God chooses to come. And you know what? And I'm happy whenever he comes. I'm still happy. Amen, somebody. But it never seems to be exactly when I want God to come. What does that song say? He's an on-time God. <laughs> It may take sometimes, times when you get blessed, but you won't see the blessing until later. And so, I think, once again, we, we, we don't want to draw a conclusion simply because God's not through yet. Because there's always more to the story. God's not finished. God's not finished. Don't you finish when God's not finished. Don't write a conclusion before God concludes. Let me say that again. Don't write a conclusion for yourself before God concludes. I don't care how it looks. I don't care how the story, the narrative is looking to you. Don't write the conclusion until God concludes. story ain't over. It ain't over. Look at somebody and say, your story ain't over. Story is not over. Sometimes we're just in between. Watch this. We're just in between what God has prepared for us. Don't miss that. You missed that. You missed that. We're just in between what God has prepared for us. You're just in the between it in the in-between stages of what God has for you. Don't allow the in-between to mess you up. Don't panic in the in-between because you're going to get to the other side of that situation. Don't mess yourself up over the in-between. You know, somebody sitting in here, you just in-between opportunities. You lost that other job, but you just in-between because the next opportunity that God has for you is already designated. You just in-between it. Don't think that it's just completely over. You just in between. I'm in between what God is doing in my life. Because my story ain't over. David 
once again had to wait 15 years before becoming king. He had to face Goliath. He was chased by Saul. Saul wanted to kill him. He had to live remotely in the desert. He had to and it ended up in a cave. David had all of these experiences that didn't look like somebody who had been anointed as king. But yet he had been chosen by God as what? As king. Can you imagine 15 years? You anointed, you got to go back to some sheep. And then after that, you've got to, even as you're elevated, you, 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 you even, first time he had to go into Saul's king, uh, kingdom and begin to soothe Saul by playing, uh, playing the string instruments to calm an evil spirit down. He's doing all of these things. He ends up all of these different places and situations, but he's been anointed king. He's been anointed king. God was shaping David. David went through some of the, some things that in God's eyes, David was still king. He simply had to get to what God had for him. There are a few things we can glean from David's experience that I believe that will help us reach what God has for us. Because there's more to the story. So we have to get to that story that is being told, not the one that we oftentimes want to focus on, but the one that God is really writing. The previous chapters of your life should not dictate the next chapters. God, let me say that again. The previous chapters of your life should not dictate the next chapters. Uh, because in a real sense, our thoughts are not God's thoughts and our ways are not God's ways. And when you really get down to the, the you know, down to the, 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 the delicate aspects of it all, we don't write our story. Our story has already been written for us. We live the story that God has already written. And here's the interesting thing is that you don't know what the next chapter brings. <laughs> and so in a real sense, we keep living because we understand that there's more to the story. So that's what we encounter with David, he has been anointed king, but there's more to his story. Even with his anointing, God begins to shape that David's narrative of becoming king. He was anointed, but now has to become. Some things that God has anointed for you, but now you have to be equipped to handle the anointing that God has placed on your life. So God begins a process to equip David. The first thing God says to Samuel, look at this, in his selection of David is to ignore, I believe, I just want to draw out a few things in this text. God tells 
Samuel to ignore appearances. Don't focus on what things look like. I believe David was learning something right there. That was a learning lesson for David right there. Don't focus on what things look like. We have to stop judging every single thing ourselves with our own eyes. Look, the Bible says eyes that 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 oftentimes people will be ever forever seeing but not perceiving. God shows David through his own friends to not go on appearances. Appearances. Just because it looks a certain way doesn't mean that's, that's what it is. God does not operate based upon looks. Stop allowing the decisions you make to be solely based on how it looks. We tend to look at everything, but we don't depend on God for everything the way we should. We're so busy trying to see it for ourselves. The narrative may not, may look horrible, but that's not how the story ends. God wants us to focus on him and not how everything looks. On him and him alone. Because I can tell you, sometimes God will place you in the context of something that won't look good. It won't look good. It won't feel good and it won't look good. But it's not about appearances. Matter of fact, some of the greatest blessings that you ever encountered in your life didn't come from something that just looked good. It wasn't pretty. As a matter of fact, it was just the opposite of all of that, but it was a blessing. It was a great blessing to you. So God is telling David, there's more to your story. There's more here. But David, I need you. I want to teach you. Don't go on looks. Don't allow how things look to govern you. Make sure that you understand that it's all about what you need to be doing is looking at me, not looking at all of the things around you. Just keep your eyes on me and I'll point you to the right thing, the right, the right thing. And that's what he does with Samuel. He points because Samuel had in his mind how this should have taken place. David wasn't Samuel's choice. So God is teaching not only Samuel something, but he's also teaching David something. He's saying, David, don't, 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 as you rule, as I elevate you to king, I don't want you to rule just based upon how everything looks. I want you to rule based upon being obedient and following me. 
There's more to the story. There's more to your story. But what is governing things in your life right now? Are you looking <laughs> at everything? Are you reading your old, your past chapters and looking at that and going over that and over and over and over and over and over and over and looking and rereading just what has already been written or are you looking to God for the new chapters that God is getting ready to write in your life? We have to stop looking at only what we can see and realize that God is still doing something else. Secondly, secondly, we encounter more to the story when we're willing to do what has not been done. When we're willing to do what has not been done. <coughs> Goliath had never been defeated. Goliath had never been defeated. But God uses David to defeat what had not been defeated. Look, there are some giants you are destined to defeat in your life. There are some giants that you are destined to defeat in your life. See, somebody walked in here, you've been running from your giant. But in order to defeat your giant, you have to what? Face your giant. You can't defeat something that you're not willing to what? Face. <laughs> and so, so it, 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 it's already written in your story, but you have to face them in order to defeat them. Face your giants because there's more to your story. The God you serve ought to be greater than the foes you face. God is greater in your story. It's greater than the giant issues that you will encounter. When we see God as greater than our giants, <clears throat> we are willing to do what has never been done. Don't focus on what you can do. Focus on what you can't do. See, that that's the space that God operates in. God operates in the space of what you can't do, not what you think you can do. You want to encounter God in, in, in the story of your life? You want to see more to your story? Then start reaching for things that you know that are impossible for you. Because where God operates <laughs> in the space of what appears to be impossible to us is not impossible to God God is just waiting for us to always be willing God was teaching David David, David, David I'm, I'm grooming David to understand I don't care how great the challenge is I don't care how it looks. I don't care. Watch this. When David faces Goliath, the whole nation of Israel, everybody's scared. 
that I God is showing them. I don't care when everybody else is scared. You know, as long as when David shows up, David reached the point of understanding about God. See, that's why I said he had to go through some things in order to understand how to be a king. And so by the time he reaches Goliath, he understands, look, the God I serve, I ain't scared of no giant because the God I serve is greater than that giant over there. Look, there's more to your story. Don't you don't you draw a conclusion about something that ha, that you believe is an end when God has not ended because we're going to face some Goliaths, but understand God is greater. Look, look, you have to see God as being greater in your story. It's not enough for the preacher to see for you. You have to see God as being greater in your story. You, you have to see that the God you serve really can do some unbelievable things in your life. You have to walk in a way where you know that even if I'm thrown in the lion's den, I ain't worried about it because my God is greater. That, that's written into your story. There's more to your story. It's written in your story that God has already declared a victory over your life. Somebody in this church needs to see that. You are not defeated. You are not defeated. You are not defeated. You are already victorious because that's a part of your story. Will we lose some battles? Yeah, but you've already won the war. It's been won. And so I walk like I already know what the end. <laughs> oh man, I wish I had. It's going to be. I walk like I'm victorious. I don't walk like I'm defeated. As a matter of fact, you know, every the, the greater the challenge, the bigger the lie is. Okay, God. <laughs> yeah, here's a big one today, but this big boy going to fall today. How you going to do it? I don't know how. It, I know I know you're going to do something unbelievable. It might be with a slingshot and a rock, but I know he has to fall. Because that's written into my story. It's written into my story that I am what? Victorious. That I'm, I'm victorious. And I like where I am right now. But God, I know that's not the end. Can you imagine David on the run from Saul? Oh, David didn't like it. He didn't like some of his experience. But that's not how the story was to end. I mean, I like some of the places you are right now. But that's not how the story is. Amen. Amen. It's not how it is. I, I, I think, you know, this terrible two thing with TJ. <laughs> I don't like, I'm just telling you, I don't like a lot of this stuff. I'm 
don't like it. I don't like it. I, I just don't. I don't like it. But that ain't how the story is. Thank God that I know that ain't how the story is. <laughs> but it gets on my last nerves. Boy, I can act some ways where I want to take him out. I want to take him out. I brought him in here. I want to take him out. But that's not how the story is. I, I know it's going to get better. I just thought I'd make it real for y'all. We all have some of these situations and some of these things, you know. We don't like it, we don't like it, but we can't draw the conclusion that that's how the story ends. That's not how the story ends. There's some experiences that you're going to have in order to get to the place that God's trying to get you to. The narrative that God has written into your life, the blessing that God has for your life, that it's going to be, sometimes you're going to have to go through the fire to get through that. Sometimes you're going to have to go through the storm. Sometimes there's going to be some lightning flashing and some thunder roaring. But you have already, the story is not going to end in the storm. It ends when you get to the other side with Jesus. God, I wish I had somebody in here. not how the story ends. not how the story ends. God does not want you miserable and sad all the days of your life. No, he said that surely goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life. He didn't say misery and mess, and mess would follow you all the days of your life. But goodness and mercy shall follow you. That's your story. Look, 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 look. Don't you adopt a story that's not filled with your full story. The enemy is always trying to present you a partial story. That's a partial story. That's not how your story ends. That's not the full chapters of your life. You are a victorious people. So, so, so simply say there's more. The conclusion has not been written. The conclusion has not been written. Broken and battered but it's still not a conclusion. There's more to your story. Worn and wounded but there's still more to your story. Restless and rigid, <laughs> but there's still <laughs> more to your story. God's not finished. God's not finished. He is the Alpha and the Omega of everything in our lives. Don't stop because God has not stopped. Don't end because God has not ended. They thought it was over when Jesus was hung on the cross. Yeah. <laughs> they buried him on a Friday. <laughs> it looked like an end, y'all. Matter of fact, you know, you had some of the soldiers laughing and mocking him. They just knew it was all over. 
You had the probably the Pharisees and the Sadducees running around having a, 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 a party because they thought it was all done, y'all. <laughs> but that wasn't the end of the story. As we know that early one Sunday morning, that Jesus got up with all power. And we, what we thought was an end, what we thought was finished. Matter of fact, he said on the cross, it's finished, but he never said what? I'm finished. I think prophetically, he was trying to share with us at that particular moment that there was what? More <laughs> to the story. <laughs> I think Jesus knew that the chapter, that this was a particular chapter, that's why he said, what, it's finished, this chapter's finished, but there's more to my story, and that's why early one Sunday morning, he got up with all power to bear witness to the fact that there was still more to the story. And so when life begins to relegate us to the lowest of lows and the bottoms of bottoms, we have to realize that we serve a Savior that was able to rise above that. And because he rose, we can rise too. Look at somebody in here and say, there's more to your story. finished with his peace yet. God hadn't finished with pouring out joy in your life. God hadn't finished pouring out love in your life. God hadn't finished yet. There's more that God has to give in your story. God hadn't finished blessing you yet. If you still breathing, you ought to be expected. There's more to your story. God hadn't finished yet. Uh, God hadn't finished yet. He's not done. He's not done. He's not done. There's more to my story. There's more to make you laugh. There's more to make you shock. There's more to make you dance. There's more to your story. Come on, receive it in this place. Doors of the church are open. Hello, my name is Constance, praise team seeker here at One Fellowship Church in Waco, Texas. Thank you for listening. You can learn more about our congregation online at onefellowshipumc.org. You can also like us on Facebook in order to stay up to date with the latest events and activities taking place in our community. Please feel free to share this message and others on social media so that more people can hear about what God is doing here at One Fellowship Church. Thank you and God bless.